Hey, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Straight Up Show podcast. I am your host, Calvin, joined with two guest co-hosts. They helped me in one episode, but they're back again so much. Uh, Charles C.J. Johnson. What's going on, everybody? And the cool one, Mr. Dasman. How you doing today, guys? What's up, cuz? Uh, yeah, I'm going to say cuz because we are blood-related cousins, but, you know, Dasman. Literally. Literally. Gang, gang, gang. Gang, gang, gang. But, you know, Dasman's my blood, blood cousin back in Louisiana. Uh, I, I consider him my big brother because I don't have any brothers. So, but CJ, you too. We travel the world. We actually have a uh, song. We have a video of singing a Shawn Michaels theme song together. Uh, yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. That was an that was an event itself, but definitely had a good time. Many miles traveled with CJ, time. and even longer miles traveled with Dasman. Like I said, like a brother to me. Uh, so definitely glad glad to have you two uh, once again filling in on the Straight Up Show podcast. Like I said, hey, you're always welcome here. So, uh, and you guys took me up on my offer and here you are. But, so, uh, CJ, if you've heard our podcast before with CJ on it, you know that CJ is a singer and uh, Dasmond, you love art too, but uh, you're big in the comic books. But, growing up, and me, I don't know if it's my age and I'm just getting older now, but like I'm hearing stuff on radio, it's just complete garbage. You know what I mean? And I, I I still go back and listen to like the Temptations and stuff like that because, like CJ, as a musician, you can you can kind of understand what I'm saying. And a lot of you that know me know that I used to be a DJ, worked in radio. I'm actually the music you hear on the radio right now, or on the on the on the podcast. I made all that music myself, but of course, it's not with the actual instrument. It's with like beats and stuff, which is where our generation is going. Uh, you know, CJ, I mean, like, you, you, you understand what I'm saying right now, CJ? No, absolutely, man. And uh, just to elaborate on that, I will say that the same reason why we have quote-unquote trash music now is also the same reason why we have a lot more great artists. And it's because of overexposure like there are way more platforms now for artists to you know display their talents or like thereof and yeah this is the result of it you know now just personally speaking it does seem like you know the trash stuff seems like it's you know slipping through the cracks you know more frequently but you know um there are some good out there but right. you know, it's just a case of you have to dig deeper to find it. And I'm gonna piggyback off what you said about slipping through the cracks. And I think that a lot of art and creativity is uh falling through the cracks, especially I think with art. I think I don't think people are aged as men, uh they, they don't really buy art or even go to like art exhibits do you, do you ever hear about that online or is that a trend or what as far as like uh consuming any media of art yeah uh, like just paintings a, and stuff like that um some people kind of see uh c- consider uh the collection of vinyl records uh, a lost art that's starting to arise because you know there's nothing there's no substitution for that what they was regard as that warm sound you get from vinyl um i mean ever since like uh the early 2000s uh, the rise of the um, um, the ringtones, 
with the rise of ringtones and uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Napster, uh, uh, before we even had LimeWire and all that, um, the whole business model of you become a you become a famous artist, some record label comes and uh, signs you, and you put your music out there for consumption with, with a whole monster behind you as far as you know music video and all this uh, marketing behind you things have changed and things had to adapt um i believe that it might not be as mainstream as certain uh, certain uh, consumption of certain art may not be as mainstream as be was before but as uh scattered about as it is it's adapted to the internet there's all these different subcultures that have been able to be facilitated within internet culture that um, there's there's not a, a monoculture anymore. Right. There's not um, several different, like uh, you don't have cable, so there's like three different stations and everybody's watching it. Got you it. have cable, there's 50 stations. No, mm -hmm. there's so many different um, uh, avenues of influence and mediums and cultures that you can participate in and consume so right. yeah I hope and, that, it. That, that does and that actually does and i actually want to just talk about that today because uh so much is there, there's so many options though but i want to talk about what i consider the lost art it's not lost like Dasman said like there's so many subcultures around but i want to just talk about some of the things that that used to be just i mean if you were born maybe in, in the 2000s maybe this wouldn't consider you but uh but i just remember cj just just growing up and just i didn't the first piece of poetry i ever heard about uh was was maya angelo and i remember seeing her on oprah and like <laughs> and just like wow she's a poet that's all she's famous for it's and it's like wow you can you she this is a famous person off of words and so that actually made me start writing so just uh, people like Maya Angelou and like poetry, or even going to these clubs to where you can hear poetry and music. You know, you know, what I'm talking about CJ. You don't really hear about yeah. that anymore. No, man, not really. Um, like I know you're out in Dallas. You know, um, I'm sure there's way more stuff out there. You know, for for that community. Um, but here, as of right now, there's only one main place I can think of that the entire Shreveport Bolger poetry community can go to, you know, like before there used to be two major ones, you know, but you know, one of them shut down uh, years back. So yeah, man, like uh, you can ask anybody, a lot of, a lot of uh, uh, associates of mine, you know, are in that community and yeah, we have this conversation all the time. Like it's, it's, it's tough. Uh, it's tough out here, man. Slim pickings. Well, you know what? This is this is why I'm glad we have this platform because I want to actually talk to some people who I think are a part of this lost art culture. They're not lost, but when it comes to mainstream and trends, uh, you don't really too much hear about them. But um, we're going to talk to more people who actually are being creative and part of this creative subculture with creative minds. It's an episode you don't want to miss we're getting artsy guys stay tuned being straight up means to be able to speak in a way that is straight up to be honest and to speak your truth raw uncut you know what i mean it's it's, it's blunt you know straight to the point this is what it is it's just a place to be open and honest 
and that's what I appreciate most about it. And it provides a place for community members to come together and just be straight up with each other about things that are going on in the world because it affects all of us. Uh, unfiltered, raw, with all the cursing that Calvin does. Straight up is just being real, telling it, telling it like it is, you know, um, being you. Being solid, being who you are, no matter what it is, no matter what situation you're faced with, right? This is who you are. It really, it really speaks to me saying it is what it is and it ain't what it is, straight up. Okay, so I want to talk about something that when I was a kid, I remember coming home from school, I would watch Dragon Ball Z, and then, you know, my mom would put on Oprah Winfrey, uh, and because Oprah came on before the, the five o'clock news. And so I just always remember watching Oprah, and she always had Dr. Maya Angelou uh, on uh, the sh her show. And and she had her on her show so much that I didn't know what poetry was. So my first taste of poetry uh, was watching Maya Angelou on Oprah Winfrey. So when it comes to the lost art, I think that poetry and when growing up, and as some of you probably don't even know that uh, the Baltimore Ravens uh, is based off of Edgar Allan Poe's poet poem, The Raven. So that's a little history lesson for you all because it's, it was in Baltimore. And so that's just something that growing up, I used to hear about poetry and Dr. Maya Angelou. And even in high school, we had to do like a whole uh, lesson of points. But I think that when it comes to trends and everything's like popular right now, poetry is not as popular. It's popular still, but not amongst people of the millennial age. And I could be wrong, but to help me clarify that, I'm bringing in today, right now, help me introduce author, poem, poet. Tiffany Pennywell. Tiffany, how you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. And, you know, I talked to you before. I visit you, visited your Instagram pages and your, your poetry uh, has definitely touched me and made me, you know, I was like, damn, this is, this is good poetry. <laughs> and, uh, Tiffany, uh, you are author of one of, one of the poem, poem, poem books, I'm sorry, uh, window to my soul and I'm pretty sure you have some more uh, work right? Yes I do I have um, two other um, self-published poetry books um, face and embrace yourself and follow my downward, downward spiral and also have some poetry in a collection called seemingly strange and unusual tales that I co-wrote with author D.L. Holmes. Okay all right so shout out to D.L. Holmes um, Tiff and, and, and Tiffany, I just want to ask your style of poems. Uh, what, what, what would you describe your style of poetry in uh, some of your writings? Um, I'm going to say mainly it is free verse. Um, I don't have a rhyme scheme. Um, I just kind of write what flows from my mind to my pen. Um, and I kind of let that do the writing for me. Um, it's not a particular style. Um, I don't know. It's kind of like writing song lyrics a bit. Like there's this song um, that's playing in my head and I just want to get the words out on paper. And there may not be music, but I can feel it. I can feel a sort of rhythm in there. And that's what comes out in the poetry. Wow. 
and I can actually relate to to that because I spoke to you outside the sh- outside the show, and I just had to qu- ask you, uh, where is your mind going? Like some of your poetry, like is it based off relationships or is it based off of something you experience? Like what? I mean, where do you get the uh, concept for some of your poems? Majority of my poetry is going to be based off of circumstances that I have been through. Um, when I write poetry, for the most part, it's therapeutic. Um, sometimes I have a bit of an issue with understanding what I'm thinking or what I what I'm feeling, but if I take pen to paper or my thumbs to my cell phone, the words will come out written better than if I could say them out loud. And that goes back to you just, you know, letting your pen do the talking for you. Yes, it does. Um, It does the talking and I listen to it and then I learn more about myself that way. And um, I mean, who who inspired you to be a writer and a poet? Um, The first time I wrote a poem that I remember was for a, um, there was kind of a competition for a place where my mom was tutoring. And I decided to enter that. Um, I got fourth place, but it was cool. It was a poem about um, Martin Luther King. Um, and then also I did some plays with the uh, Bowdry Parish Community College. Um, and that led me to wanting to write more. Because um, so, I... Um, would study the script and I just found it amazing um, that you could have this full production based off of words. My um, most major influence though would be Edgar Allan Poe. Um, One day when, I can't remember if it was middle school or if it was high school, um, I was done with some of my work early and I felt like randomly writing and I happened to be on a page in a notebook of Edgar Allan Poe and I love his work how it's descriptive but it's kind of flowy and it you kind of lose yourself in the rhythm of his words and he he was one of my biggest influences and also I'm gonna say Emily Dickinson also oh yeah mm-hmm. she and- was kind of known for her um Melacon- Melaconly yeah, and I know Emily Dickinson. Uh, and going back to Edgar Allan Poe, and I, I said that it was yeah, it was famous for the Raven, but I didn't know Edgar Allan Poe was dark like he was. You know, I, I've always heard his name, but just even studying him in high school, I'm like, wow, man, he was going through some things. Oh, he went through a lot of things. Actually, my favorite poem by him is um, Annabelle Lee. Uh, which was a poem written to someone that um, he had loved. So I'm talking to you today about the lost art. So let's, you know, we you, you studied, you've done poetry in school, you had a competition, you worked with Bipsy, um, and you're still doing it right now. Do you think that with, you know, TikTok and Facebook and, uh, you know, all this stuff going on on social media, do you think that poetry is a form of art that is lost? Um, I think in a way it can be buried within all of the 
challenges or trends that are out there. Um, but if you dig deep enough, you'll find a lot of poets out there wanting to get their words out or share them with other people. Um, I've been able to find a lot of uh, poets via Instagram who um, share their work. And so you think that Instagram is a great platform for uh, other poets to connect and kind of maybe broadcast some of the poems that maybe it's not heard locally around town or? I think it's one way to do that. Um, on Instagram, you'll also find like a poetry community on there. Um, you meet up with other poets and you could discuss your work, find new poetry that you like. Um, and it kind of makes you feel like you're not alone in your mission to write. Um, there's also a lot of um, events you can find as well as people are using like Instagram and uh, Facebook to advertise. I know in the Dallas area, um, I've seen a lot of like poetry slams and whatnot advertise. And in the Shreveport area, we've actually had a um, open mic or uh, poetry feature. I think every Sunday in August, except for um, the past Sunday at the Common Park downtown. And um, I actually got to be a part of that. And I was actually featured one of those Sundays. But it was awesome to be around those other poets or people who wanted to see poetry because it's not really the main thing people think about when they're going for entertainment. But when people do find it, they like it because it's not of the norm. It's something different. Right. And and I, I encourage that too, because I mean, I still haven't done it yet, but I definitely want to go to one of those jazz poem like nights where you just like, it's really cool and you just snap your fingers and, you know, cause when I think about poetry, you know, going to see a live poetry, I think about that or uh, Moesha with her journal. I mean, mm -hmm. I hate that song by the way. Uh, <laughs> uh, Y'all know what I'm talking about. Uh, the Moesha like journal song. Oh, I hate it. I mean, <laughs> cause it makes you like you're deep in thought, but um, so I think that point, I think, and I don't know if you can agree with me on this one, but like, I think what you was kind of alluding to that is out the norm. And I think that po poetry makes people, uh, it can help you be more intelligent because I mean, hip hop is like killing the music charts right now, but it's, it is art. I'm, I don't want to take away from uh, artistry at all, but you know, hip hop is a rhyme scheme. It's a form of poetry, but sometimes now, you know, people like you and I, who can actually listen to words and actually dissect what they mean? Uh, it, it, it's not to me. It's still poetry, but it, it it's not connecting. You know what I mean? Like, do you, I mean, can you tell the difference? I mean, can you break down the difference between like, um, like I mean, because there are some rappers who do tell still uh, tell stories, but now it's just like, what's the? If I hear a song about like you know right now, it's a song about WAP. I mean, but the, the song is popular right now, but we know what the acronym means, but it's like, okay, what's the, what's the, what's the story behind it? Like, you know, what's this? You, do, am I making sense to you right now? Yes, you do. Like, um, a lot of the stuff that's out, it's more for what's going to trend next. What's going to be popular. Um, I think that's also why it's important that a lot of the, the hip hop artists, um, writers and whatnot, to don't just look at the stuff that they do that's popular, 
just like listen to all the songs on the album because you'll find hidden gems in there that actually shows more of their lyrical side their their talent for their writing than just hey i can put this out here and it's going to be popular on tiktok or whatnot later on okay wow um speaking of, i want to dissect not say i want to dissect hip-hop but i want to dissect uh one of your poems okay um mm-hmm. this is me reading to you one of your poems how about that um <laughs> <clears throat> it says uh let me use my voice <clears throat> here we go uh i wish i didn't throw it away after all these years i've spent most of my time looking through trash bags of memories hoping to find it and after many close finds i seem to just as quickly lose it again i didn't know it would be so be this hard to find something that i kept so close to me it was so easy to lose it once i decided i needed i needed to but now my pride keeps running out of arm's reach I just want to know at that time, you know, it's an untitled poem, but, you know, where was your mind when you wrote that? Um, it seems like that was a, kind of a dark time. I was probably um, just thinking about my self-esteem. Um, it's something that comes, it goes. Um, it's something that's very hard to keep hold on to. And of course, your self-esteem can also be tied to pride and what you're doing. And, um, and during that time, I kind of felt sometimes that I'd be doing, you know, well, you know, maybe on top of the world and then one or multiple things would happen. I would feel knocked down again, um, which um, kind of also closely ties into um, mental health because a lot of my um, poetry ties into that because it's something I like to look into and study um, mostly for self-improvement um, for my life and for others around me also. Well I just want to say that uh, this one day just going through Instagram and uh, just saw one of your poems and and I wasn't even just trying to even to seek it out i just stopped and i i i read it and it just fit to where i needed to hear those words at that time and i i I had to reach out to you because your words uh it it helped me and like you said people especially now that we're all crammed up in the house with uh covid19 going on like the mental health and depression it's it's high and especially, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you all out there right now. I mean, it's depressing. You know, somebody who's, who is high risk and has to be isolated in a home by themselves. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's scary. So uh, I want to thank you just because, you know, your words, just to know that I'm not alone and thinking so many things I'm thinking. And, you know, you having the courage to actually write what you're feeling, uh, and to let others know that, hey, you know, you're not alone. And you may not even even know you impacted somebody. But that's why I love, you know, your courage just to write your 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 feelings out like that. And, you know, so just from that aspect, thank you. Because we need more people like you to just use your words to express how you're feeling. But, I mean, how others are feeling, too. Thank you for inviting me. And I just want to say that... um. Um, 
I'm glad that that was able to help you through that. And that's one of the reasons why I write my poetry in case that can touch someone or help someone. And one of my um, poetry books, Face and Embrace Yourself, that I put together, Face and Embrace Yourself is all about being able to look at your emotions, be able to see what your mind, your body, your soul is trying to tell you and actually reading them, looking at them, learning to understand them because they're telling you something for a reason. And if you actually listen to them, they will actually be able to help you. But too many times we run away from them and then we can't help ourselves if we avoid them. So it's always best to just go ahead and face them. Wow, you're a deep sister. <laughs> Tiffany, thank you. Uh, before I let you go, tell people uh, where they can find you on all your social media platforms, where they can buy some of your books that you have written. Oh, all of my books you can find on Amazon um, under Tiffany Pennywell. Um, you can find me on Instagram under author Tiffany Pennywell. And you can find me on Twitter under author Pennywell. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Tiffany Pennywell, writer, poet, author, and somebody that, you know, I love. Tiffany Thank you once again. Thank you. Tired of the same old boring clothes? Want to support your favorite podcast but don't know how? Well, you're in luck. The Straight Up Show podcast store is finally here. In our Teespring shop, you can find all the merch that tells the world you're keeping it straight up. From t-shirts to masks to even leggings, our store has you covered. Just visit straightupshowpodcast.com and click that merchandise button. That's S-T-R, the number eight, upshowpodcast.com. Okay, so today's episode, like I said, we're talking about the lost art. You know, as a millennial, we really don't know about, uh, I've never growing up and just hearing about so much fashion and uh, people are into poetry and art, but I don't, you, you know, with social media today, you don't really see people, it's not really popular, it's still there, but people are interested in like visual and paint art. And so today I have um, somebody that I've known about, but this show has brought us to formally meet each other. Uh, help me welcome Miss Jennifer, all the way from Kansas. Uh, she's an art teacher. How you doing, hey, Jennifer? Mm hey, -hmm. doing all right today. All right. Thank you so much for being on the show. And uh, thanks for uh, accepting this so I can finally formally meet you, uh, <laughs> not in person, but over Zoom. And, uh, and, and just kind of side note, uh, me and Jennifer's brother uh, are best friends. You know, he was my friend from eighth grade summer to now. And so been my best friend for most of our life. So thank you to uh, her brother for letting me talk to you. Mm -hmm. Is this kind of pandemic way to meet somebody here? Yeah, I mean, online, it's, 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 a, it's a COVID year, so why not, you know? <laughs> um, so, Jennifer, just uh, tell us about you and where you're from and, like, you know, uh, what do you do? Um, well, I'm from Kansas. Uh, I've been an art teacher for four years. I do a lot of artwork on the side when I'm not um, teasing 16-year-olds and such. Uh I do a lot of ink work and like really, really big artworks. They're usually about like four or five feet when I used to have the time to do it. Um, and now I do a lot of commissions, so many people's cats, um, and then work to kind of share artwork 
with uh, underprivileged youth. I work at a Title I school, so we are pretty poor and kind of in like an underprivileged area. So I work with kids to help them find a way to express themselves through art that they might not have the financial ability or the social ability to do otherwise. Well, and, and kudos to you for doing that, you know, um, uh, just to have that outlet, you know, because I mean, I'm saying that if people don't know, people who are in poverty and uh, go to these underprivileged schools, they are some of the most talented people because you do need that outlet of, you know, expression and a form of escapism, you know what I mean? And I think that uh, you and your teachers that do that, you know, that's very commendable. Um, that's why I'm trying to have the show today because I don't think that a lot of kids have that outlet because, you know, they have music, which is like, you know, popularized and you have social media, which is like glorified. Uh, and, you know, they don't really have that mind to escape all the rhetoric and uh, things going at home by painting. Uh, I think one of my, my favorite things was, uh, this is probably before all our times, but uh, good times off of uh, what they had the uh, Jimmy Walker and mm -hmm. I'm, you know okay see so another show okay all right uh, so and he was he grew up poor he had like two a two bedroom house with five kids or something like that and you know he was an artist and his art was gonna get him out the ghetto so I think to hear you do that that's kind of like you know you're aiding that and that to me that's very phenomenal and very uh, very very uh, thought provoking so thank you on that um. So let me let me just dive back into it. Uh, how did you get into art? I mean, what made you know that? What, what, when did you know that you had an artistic talent? Well, I was a really shy kid. Uh, I did not like talking to anybody. Um, I was awkwardly tall, looked like a guy for like a good chunk of my start. It was it was a thing. And so uh, in Catholic school you could choose to either go out and recess and play with everybody or stay inside and sit at a table. So I chose to stay inside and draw the whole time because that was easier than talking to people. And eventually I realized if I started a drawing in my sketchbook and then left it open on the table, people would come by and say, wow, that looks so cool. And then I wouldn't have to start talking to them. And so I would bring sketchbooks that I drew everything in and like set them on a table and pretend to draw on a corner so that people would come talk to me and I can make friends. Um, so not at all lame, but I just kind of found that it helped me meet people. It helped me make connections. It helped me relax. Like I have diagnosed anxiety disorder and drawing grounds me very much so. And so it's, all about being able to observe the world around you, connect with people in ways that you might not be able to connect with them otherwise, and then just express and create something from nothing. And it really gets me usually. Wow, I like that. And there's nothing to learn about that at all. You're talking to a guy who moved to a brand new apartment complex, went to the, the, the apartment's uh, playground, went top of the monkey bars and said, will you be my friend to the whole playground? <laughs> So that's not lame at all. That's kind of my story. I do it to everybody right now. Like, hey, how you doing, buddy? Like, everybody. So don't lame about that. I like to hear that. And uh, so that's uh, great to hear. Um, so like in today's time, you know, we're going through a lot right now. And like I said, music and social media is the forefront of escapism. Do you think that like people, I guess, in our age range, I'm a little older than you, but just our age range, 
Like, do you think that they don't appreciate art or they don't really have the love for it that I guess maybe that I'm used to seeing when I, when I grew up? So I think the problem is, is that art is misinterpreted. It is not so much like a lost art. It's that people don't understand what qualifies as art. Think about Pinterest or every like middle-aged soccer mom has like a crazy Pinterest board of all these crafts she wants to do around the house. They don't think of that as art because that's craft. You don't think of social media as art, even though you have Instagram taking pictures of everything and using really cool filters and selfies and you've got so many social media formats that were all created by a digital designer. Everything's made for a visual, for a streamline, for efficiency. And when you're thinking of like social media, people have a very, very weird distinction between entertainment and art because they see art as something that's kind of bougie that is elevated and it's not. The problem is, is that we don't fund poor artists to paint on our walls anymore. And so we assume that anything that is like public expression or kind of pop culture, it, it doesn't count as art anymore. And it really does. Like taking selfies is something that was done back in, back in the ancient times is one way to put it. Renaissance artists used to paint themselves because First of all, you couldn't really take a photo back in the day, but they would paint themselves to show that they were an artist, that they were painting. They wanted to be remembered. They wanted you to also remember their face. Women used to paint themselves painting, like an image of them painting to prove that women can be artists and that's a way to do it. And now we're seeing so many more icons show like photographic visuals. We're showing oh, we're doing these amazing crafts and here, let me share this on the internet. And somehow I can find a how-to that somebody in Canada posted on how to draw this certain thing so I can draw it now. We've got such a big informational dump that is the internet now that we're so used to seeing so many visuals and so many different kinds of art and things that we start discrediting it because it's not Van Gogh. It must not be real art. So I don't think there's a lack of appreciation. I think there's a lack of understanding, per se. Hmm. Wow, that's uh, pretty deep, pretty heavy. I like to hear that. And uh, one thing you mentioned that I really kind of, you know, that really makes me think about art more is that it's not funded uh, a lot, you know, because, I mean, think about it. I mean, me, you know, probably at the age of 19, 20, I couldn't afford a cheeseburger more than, you know, a piece of art. You know what I mean? So, I mean, so how how does the funding part affect, I guess, the art industry and maybe the understanding and appreciation uh, of art? So I think the main problem is, is that when buying art nowadays, I get a lot of, well, I could buy that for $10 on Amazon. And I'm like, friendo, you're paying for so much more. You're paying for my time. You're paying for my experience. You're paying for my tools. If you look at Copic markers, you can just Google Copic markers and see why all artists are poor. They're like $8 a marker. It's insane. Um, and everything is very expensive, but 
people assume that if you are an artist, you should do it because you love it, not to get paid. But they don't really understand that to continue doing what you love, you need to get paid. Um, and so they assume that you're going to give them free items or draw them because you love drawing and you love me. Why wouldn't you want to draw me? And so it, it, it ends up a lot of artists end up not being able to make an income based directly off of art. And then to try to do an income on art, you really can't get it consistently because of fluctuations in the economy. You're right, if you can't afford basic needs like a hamburger, you aren't gonna be like, I would really love a drawing of my cat for $70. So in times of poverty and in times of like an economic downturn, you really don't get a ton of commissions and then you'll get them scattered throughout the year. Like I get a ton of commissions around holidays, like around Christmas, I've had like 20. And then you'll have a dry spell until the next one. And so you can't really support yourself on art alone. You you just can't, not nowadays. And that sucks, man, because like you said, I think that the one about the women wanting to be remembered, I think that's, I think about art, unless it's destroyed in the fire, but uh, art lasts forever. And mm-hmm. I, I think that, you know, I'm all about music, I'm all about poetry, but it's like, you know, the the creativeness that's implied with this art that you make that's what makes it unique like i mean if we talk about social media art i mean look at zanga my zanga account's gone now and then people like what the heck is zanga okay it's like the first myspace facebook and and it's so ancient but everything i created quote unquote is gone because the company's gone so if i make some art that i did myself without social media that lasts forever and then you have a piece of me. Say if, like, you know, Jennifer becomes this well-known artist in Italy or something like that. Then a hundred years from now, when we're long and gone, you know, well, let me trace back to Jennifer's roots. Oh, this is her son, or something like that. Like, and they, it goes back to like, okay, well, my mom did this a hundred years ago. You know, mm-hmm. and, that, and that that's a piece of like, well, look, Mona Lisa is still here. People love that art, and it's still here after. I mean, it's been duplicated so many times, but. Uh, that piece of art lasts forever. So, I mean, so that's kind of why I love the distinction that you have. And, you know, we have to find a way to support these artists because, uh, and I'll post a lot of Jennifer's work on our social media page, but I mean, she is a phenomenal artist. Um, I saw what actually made me contact you was I saw the piece that you did with uh, your niece and your sister-in-law and your brother, sorry, your your brother and and your niece. And, I was like, holy hell, man, this is, this is neat. Let me have to contact her. And, and I knew you could draw, but I just didn't see anything like that before. I mean, that, (laughs) that was uh, phenomenal. Um, I want to switch over to just kind of pick your brain a little bit. Uh, And so you're an artist and you're about to make a new drawing, right? Let's take your, let's take your brother and the picture did for your brother, I guess. Just, so here I am, Jennifer, sitting at my desk at my, my, my artist tools in hand. Take me through your mindset. What are you thinking? What goes through your mind? What's like step one, step two, and what makes you satisfied as a complete piece of art? Cool. Okay. Um, so I don't usually just sit down and go, I'm going to make art now. 
it's it's usually something that you see visually out and about uh diana spams me with pictures of my adorable niece and so that one was a little easier to go i want to i want to paint that girl she's so cute but a lot of the times when you're out and about like walking around and you see something in nature or like i creep on people all the time i'll be walking through and i'm like oh my gosh that woman's cheekbones are the most beautiful thing I have ever seen in my life. I would love to draw somebody like that. And then you can go home and look for references. And the most important thing about drawing is that you have a reference. People always want to be creative and create directly from their mind, like a true artiste. But to work with proportions, to work well with lighting, you need to use the resources you have. So look up references. You can like hodgepodge like five different images together to get what you want. I have so many weird Google searches of women looking down to the, to the right. So you can get like the poses, right. And all of that. Um, then you just work from the basics and build up from there. You start blocking in by the simplest shapes, slowly kind of carve into the paper with the different shading that you like. And then typically I attack it with paint and then finish it off with ink. And it takes me a while to figure out if I like it. A lot of the times when I'm finished with a piece, I've spent too long staring at it that I usually need to walk away from it for a little while and then come back to finish it up. Just because uh, when you look at something too long, you're gonna either find everything wrong with it or you're just gonna be so disinterested that you don't even know if it's good or not. And so you can come back to it with fresh eyes later and finish it all up from there. Wow, I'm glad you said that because that's just, that was my next question to you. And I, I, I do music sometimes. And mm. it's like I get so lost in creating the music that I have to like, I look at the clock and the next thing I know, it's three hours later because I'm just fondling with it and it's just, that's so amazing that you do the same thing. Oh, everybody does. And I have thrown out so many sketchbooks. I think one thing that's really funny too, and I noticed that it happens with my students as well, is that progression is so cringy. Like you can progress so much in your art within a year that you look at the stuff that you did a year ago that you were like, this is amazing. And then you go, oh my gosh, we need to burn it all with fire. I hate this. I hate the way this looks. Like looking at something from 10 years ago and instead of looking at like, wow, this is how far I've come in such a short amount of time. Yeah. You just to toss it all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do that with music as well. I mean, yeah. I do that with music all the time. That's um, Jennifer. Wow, just, it's so amazing to hear you say this because it's like, man, just, uh, I'm a music person. I don't. I, don't I, I create music. I don't really do like the hip hop, whatever you want to associate mm -hmm. me with. But it's just, you know, when I make something in I'm the same way, I go back to listen to old beats I made, and it's just like horrible. Ugh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but some of my, I think some of my my best work is some of the work that I hate it, and people love it. You know, mm -hmm. and it's 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 weird. Um, so we're kind of winding down with Jennifer. Um, so to to those. What's your message to those who you said not, not, that don't appreciate art, but if you were to sell yourself on why people should be artists, what's your selling point? What would you say to them? So I think 
being an artist is not about being marketable. And I think that is something that people have a very hard time coming to terms with. I have a first uh, lesson that I do with all my kids because all kids always say, I'm a terrible artist and I don't wanna do anything in your class. And I have them play a game called Genius or Bogus. And what they do is they have to guess if the painting I put up on the board is either done by a genius artist or by a fourth grader. And I'll be honest, they get it wrong most of the time. And the idea is that if somebody can make a million and a half dollars off of painting a straight line on a canvas, no joke, actually happened, then you can learn how to draw something. You can learn how to draw the smallest things because you have to work your way up. You keep looking at the end of the finish line when you're looking at people posting their art and you're looking at try number 80 instead of try number one because you haven't seen all of the different copies that they've burned or messed up on or the eye was off and it all looked terrible. You need to understand that you're starting from the starting point and build on it like any other skill you would. You wouldn't skip to calculus before you learned how to do basic times tables. So just take it easy on yourself, start slow and keep working because it will get better. Yeah. And if you all are listening out there and you're a high school or you're in college, you think math does not play a big part in your life. Trust me, it does. I hate, I hated math and in high school <laughs> and college. I thought I would never use it. Then I worked at a TV station and we had to do graphic art. Right. And yeah. it was visuals. And guess what the art consisted of? But if you had the wrong shape, it consisted of geometry and dealing with the right dynamics and the shapes. And if you didn't have the what the X the right way or the Y or the Z the right way, your art would come out. So math is a big part of art and you will need it in your life. Trust me, you don't. So if you have friends out there that they're a math teacher, tell them that, hey, I apologize for being a uh, a dummy <laughs> in high school and brushing math off because it's very important. And I was like, dynamics, geometry in a news station? No. And, and, uh, and I'd, like, I'd like to hear this, uh, you know, because, um, you know, to COVID, this whole COVID year and this new year, uh, COVID has been rampant, you know, and um, they, I got very depressed. I mean, who hasn't? I mean, everybody's been depressed this year and mm -hmm. last year, and, or last year and early this year. And one thing my therapist told me to do was to draw a coloring book. And I'm mm -hmm. like, what? That's like so elementary. And it's crazy. So I, I'm, I'm a big superhero buff recently, which is weird. Because I was, I was like, anybody that was listening to superheroes in high school, I was like, you're a punk, you know, whatever. <laughs> And here I am, I'm like loving all these superhero stuff, right? And and so I I'm I downloaded like a, a Marvel color coloring book. I'm like, this is so elementary, but I'm over here drawing Wolverine and stuff and coloring. I'm like, wow, but it's so therapeutic. Mm -hmm. It gets me away from social media, seeing all the negativity on social media, uh all, all the somewhat, I guess, negative music too. Uh, and it just clears my head and I feel so much better. And like I said, it, it gives me that form of escapism you know mm -hmm. and you know so kudos to you and what you're teaching these children especially in the lower income neighborhoods because that you know you may not think that it's not hitting I mean come on let's be your teacher so I mean you know you won't reach every student 
Um, but just the fact that you can inspire one student uh, and hopefully that student can inspire somebody else. I mean, just being a teacher, period, you have all my respect. But being an art teacher, uh, you're definitely giving those students a chance to uh, get away from the issues they may have at home. Well, thank you. Welcome. You're welcome. And so um, before we go, uh, how can people, I mean, you have a, uh, a new uh, social media page for all your artwork and how can people reach you and you know, maybe get in contact with you, maybe doing some work uh, for them? Um, I've only got a Facebook page right now. It's called Jen's Coloring Book. I post some commissions I do there. Sometimes I post outlines so people can color them in. And I also post some of my art lessons too. So I've done some on teaching people how to color forms. So even if you aren't looking for a commission, sometimes it's a good way to kind of uh, brush up on being an artist. Well, there you have it. Jennifer, thank you once again for coming on the show show podcast. And like I said, I hope you uh, extend the invitation to come back on our show. Yeah, thank you so much. It's been fun. Uh, you're welcome, and we'll have a link to all Jennifer's work on the description page of this episode. Here at Straight Up, we know that all lives matter, but historical events have shown that there is an inverse power dynamic between the races in our country. To highlight this, we present our Black Lives Matter merchandise, because let's be real, some of you don't seem to understand that this isn't the organization, but a message. That message end inequality towards minorities in America. And just in case that's too complicated for you in English, we have the phrase translated into 10 different languages. Visit straightupshowpodcast.com for this and all our other merch. That's S-T-R, the number 8, showpodcast.com. Shirts as low as nineteen ninety nine. Hey everybody, Lee here. And guess what? The reviews are in and the Straight Up Show podcast is a hit. Don't believe me? Well, listen to what one of our guest panelists, Dr. Monique Thompson, has to say. Listen, y'all listening to Straight Up and support this podcast because I listened in before I came on the show. I liked what I heard. They're really focusing on keeping things real and being real with you. And I like that approach. So you guys support this podcast. So if you want to listen, donate to the show, have a subject idea, or even want to be a guest, just contact us at straightupshow at gmail.com. That's straightupshow at gmail.com. Man, that's, I learned something new today. That was some, that was some good interviews. I mean, I think some of the most uh, creative art comes from pain. Like, you know, Tiffany was saying about, you know, just, the, what she goes through and where her art comes from. And sometimes she just lets her pen do the talking for us. And like, especially with COVID going on, there are so many people who are going through emotions and, you know, and yeah, music can get you through it. But like, just imagine what the art you can create if you put your pen to a pad. So y'all, I mean, the, we're, we're at a time to where we do avoid complicity. And I have to agree with Daz on that one. And I'm encouraging you uh, you know, even like the old hip hop heads, go back to listen to uh, the, look at the, the the pimps and the the, the rhyme schemes in the seventies. 
like Dolomite. Dolomite is a big. If it was honestly, if it wasn't for Dolomite, he probably wouldn't. You would probably hear rap music, because uh, that's where rap came from. People like Dolomite, but you have to go a step further. So Dolomite, Dolomite got that from a homeless person in the streets going through pain. And so this is how crazy it is. Even right now, I do one step further. I go talk about, you know, we talk about police brutality, but that was NWA and they hated, it got hated on about that, but they were telling you how it was in the streets. And so, I mean, whatever you're going through right now, uh, I encourage you not only to create your own type of art, but venture out to stuff. One, get out your comfort zone and look at the people, even going back to like mythology, and even if you want to get biblical, go back in the Bible and see where all this art is there in the Bible and what people did to... We're all going through a tough time right now, and we need an outlet. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes it may take you to get off the, your phone or get off your computer and actually read a book or go to a, a social distance art exhibit or uh, learn how to play some music if you go on YouTube or learn how to do, even learn how to speak two languages. Be bilingual, you know, uh, but I, I challenge you to go out your comfort zone and create your own art because you never know what you do today can be a legacy tomorrow. Take you that. got the time. Yeah, got the time. All right. So we want to thank you so much, Dasman and CJ, for uh, once again being my uh, co-host uh, today. Uh, once again, your invitation is always welcome on the show. Appreciate you. it, man. Appreciate right. it. Th thank you all for y'all's wild words. Thank you for our guest today. Uh, until then, we want to keep the conversation going. Well, we hope you join the conversation with us. Uh, you can talk to us, see all our stuff online, uh, on all our social media platforms. You can go to our website, straightupshowpodcast.com. That's straightupshowpodcast.com. There you can buy our merchandise. You can go to our Patreon page if you want to support uh, our Straight Up Show podcast. We have four tiers. Uh, they're $3, $5, $10, $20 different levels each one has a different perk uh with it uh hope you support us but until then there's only one rule to our show is you gotta be straight up straight up my brain hurts it's in constant chaos as i try to unscramble the pieces and yet try again to make my picture whole for even if new pieces are found, their shape distorts what I saw, what I used to see in myself. My picture, now unrecognizable, has jagged and sharp edges that just do not compute, that they will take time to fit. And I am tired, oh so tired, of looking at my picture without knowing who I am understanding who I am. I am a stranger unto my own self as I try to be complete and normal for everyone else.